0: Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com/giving. Enjoy the podcast. Are you ready to open the scripture together? Okay. Well, let's let's go together. We're going to go into the book of Ephesians, and uh, we have this this question up here. Why? What? Why? So, you know, the, we have to ask ourselves this now and then when we, when we step out and, and from the, the place that we've been, why should we move forward in our faith? Uh, you know, some, some ask that question. Sometimes people don't really ask it outwardly, uh, but they ask it in their heart. And they, but why do we move forward in our faith? Why should we move forward in our personal life? Well, uh, so, many, so many people restart on Easter, on Resurrection Sunday, uh, we know it's a, it's a very important time for us as followers of Jesus. They restart then, but they simply don't. Uh, th- they simply think that that restart is all they need. But it comes. To, it's more than that. As we follow Christ in faith, it, many hold on to the idea that, that that's all they need is that restart. But you don't. You don't win a race uh, when you only start and then you drop out of the race. Uh, you, you win the race when you start the race. And you finish that. Maybe some of you saw yesterday, Jody posted a, a video of our son Josiah. He was at Special Olympics yesterday. Uh, and so it was kind of a fun time. And uh, so he is running. Uh, my, Rachel and I, our daughter, we were standing at the fit, towards the finish line. The only problem is, is we were like 10 feet away from the finish line. Uh, and so Josiah, he's in a walk race, and he's walking, and he's going along. And then finally, finally he, he's coming after us we didn't think about it but we should have stayed on the other side of the finish line and so he comes over and he comes to give us a big hug and everything and we're like Josiah you got to walk across the line oh. then one of those uh, sheriffs department comes over you got to come across the line you know sometimes sometimes we do that Sometimes we start out, and we're enjoying ourselves, and maybe things are even going good, but we get distracted by other things, or, or someone else, and we want to go over, and like Josiah, give him a hug, or say, hey, how's it going? And then we miss out on finishing, but we don't want to be that way, do we? We want to be the type of people that keep moving, and running the race of faith really is a marathon Uh, It's not a sprint. Life change doesn't happen only in an instant. Now, yes, God does a miracle in our lives, and he can do that and does that, Uh, but uh, it it changes you down inside of your heart, and that's part of it, but but that's only the beginning, right? The heart has to be changed. That's that's a key thing for us. But then we have to keep on running from there. And and, uh, we we have to let him continue to work in our life. He doesn't just want to uh, change your heart, but he wants to change your mind as well. He's always working on my mind. I don't know about you, but he's always working there. Why? He's trying to change my mind. And that's why you have to move forward in your faith. Why move forward? Well, because God seriously loves you. He cares for each and every one of us. That's that's the reality, and and he doesn't want to leave us in the same place that we were in. And and since we all messed up in sin, some will uh, stop and ask themselves, why why not just stay in my old life? Why not just stay uh, living the way I used to? And they they think to themselves, what's it really going to matter anyway? Uh, it's it's really Is it really going to change anything anyway? Well, uh, the scripture says this, uh, and this is a key part for us. Uh, he says, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. See, we were dead in, in transgressions, but we were once broken. We get it. We, we really don't need to go over that time and time again because most of us understand that that's where we were. But once, once we, were, we, put, uh, we put our faith in Christ who shed his blood for us uh, and he raised us up to life because that's what he did when we put our faith in him, the question really is why in the world would we, we want to go back there? Why would we want to go back to that place where we were at in the past? It's kind of like when people start talking about the good old days, right? Everybody has a good old days for them. It doesn't matter what your age bracket is. Well, I guess if you're, if you're 10, maybe you don't have good old days, but uh, maybe five was a good old day for you. I don't know. But, but, but anyhow, so everybody has those times that we talk about and we think about those times that maybe were fun or maybe they were simple, uh, they weren't so complicated because life can be complicated, and they 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 weren't so complex. But when you start considering what those good old days actually were like, you, you step you step back and you think about that a little bit. You notice that they weren't all that great. The good old days weren't all that great. It, it, if if they were all that great, maybe you didn't know everything about the situation. Uh, In fact, at times, they they could be really difficult. I have an old car from the 1950s, Uh, early 1950s. I restored it, I upgraded the engine transmission, all this kind of stuff, uh, but only up to the 1970s, right? Uh, And so we got it running, we took it out for a drive yesterday, but it seems like it takes more time to work on the thing to keep it going and I just fully restored it. (laughs) And uh, And you have to do some repairs on the thing to be able to keep the thing going and it made me stop and think how we how we used to always have to work on those cars all the time in the good old days well times have changed and sure we all have maybe cars that we need to repair now and then but it's not like it was in the 50s 60s and 70s uh, i think the odometer on my car maybe is like 70 80000 miles and i thought when i bought it as a kid i bought it at 14 years old for 50 bucks and uh, I told Dad, I said, look, Dad, it's, it's like only got 70-some thousand miles on it. He said, yeah, it's worn out. I'm like, what? <laughs> he said it's from the 1950s. They were all worn out. See, uh, you know, things are different now. A- and why would we go back? Well, why do we go back to things at times, even in our personal lives? we do that because of nostalgia. It's like, oh, that was a good time. We, we enjoyed this or that, but uh, but you end up paying for it, right? You end up paying for it. And that's why, you know, like the car like that is not my daily driver. So we need to be able to, to leave the past in the past so that we can progress forward in God's plan for our lives. Have you ever wanted to hold on to your past? I mean, a lot of people do, right? We, we look at our life and say, I remember those times. And sure, we all do that. It's pretty normal. Uh, but don't let Satan pull you backwards. Because there's a couple things there. Uh, because if we're not careful, Satan can pull us backwards. And notice that God is moving you forward. And remember, he, he doesn't just want you to change your heart, but he wants you to change your mind. Heart change is imperative. We have to have that new heart, that changed heart, to be able to make it to be in heaven, to be with the Lord. That's a fact. That's what the Scripture teaches us that. We, we need that. But also, there needs to be more than that. He, he wants us to be able to change our thinking. Uh, and open up, we're going to open up the Bible this morning here in Ephesians chapter 2. And uh, here it's here that the Apostle Paul, he reveals how God has changed your heart position. He kind of reveals this to us, and he says in verse 1 here, it says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. That's where we used to be. And then he goes on in verse 3 and says, all, all of us uh, also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, our, our natural man, and, and, and following the desi- its desires and thoughts. We were, let our desires rule us, let our thoughts rule us. Well, our thoughts do rule us in many ways now even too, but that's why we have to have some change. It's a, and then, like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Now, don't jump up and say hallelujah on that one, right? (laughs) Reality. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, kind of like that professor that Jody had, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And can't we thank God for that mercy and grace that he has had towards us. Amen. You know, we got it. We know that the only thing that we deserve was some of God's wrath. That's a reality. But that's not uh, what he, he really wanted to give us, although his justice demands it, and that's why Jesus went on the cross in place of us and uh, and that's also why uh, the apostle Peter writes in 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9 these words he said the lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness instead he is patient with you aren't you glad not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance See, he gives us this opportunity through Jesus to turn towards him, to turn away from where we were and to turn towards him. And he gives us some time, but he doesn't want us to wait forever so that we end up wasting our lives. See, Paul here in Ephesians chapter 2, it reminds us that God is rich in mercy. And he's offered that mercy to those who will, uh, who will finally say, okay, Jesus, I believe and I, I accept what you've done for me on the cross. I, I accept it. I, I need that forgiveness that you provide or that, that freedom that you provide from my old sin. But, but once this happens in your life, where, where do you go from here? Where do you continue to go? Uh, honestly, you need to be able to see what God has done for you before you even answer that question and God is, has God changed your heart position if you if you're a follower of Jesus he's changed your heart position and let's look at the next couple of verses here in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 6 and 7 he says this and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus he raised us up by faith when we put our trust in him Not only did we die in Christ when he was crucified, but we were raised together with him by faith, raised up, and then he did something unusual. He seated us together with him in heavenly places. In order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. What a wonderful thing that he's done. So the first thing this morning we need to consider is, is once, you come, once you come to faith, your your heart position changes. Your, your position has changed in Christ. You, you've come to uh, follow him, and uh, we, we come in and we trust him as our Lord and our Savior. We accept him. And, and then he, he actually changes our position. That heart position has changed. In, in some ways, it's kind of like having a step up in life. You can look at it in different ways. And maybe at one point in your life you were looking for a job and you went to an employer and talked to them and, and they didn't think you, you met the requirements for the for that position at all, but the but they decide to take a chance on you. There's like, okay, you know, we, we need to take a chance and, and so you, you didn't meet up to the minimum requirements, but they're gonna try to figure out something. So he calls you up and he says, Look, I know you don't meet the minimum, but I, I'm going to invest Uh, invest uh, in your life and train you. Before I I even train you, though, I'm going to give you a new position." He said, this new position, in fact, you're going to come and you're going to work beside me, the boss. You're going to come and work beside me, and my assistant and I are going to invest in your life to help you build up and to keep moving forward in your life. And so, uh, all I ask is that you're willing to learn and to grow. And that's what's important, right? Willing to learn and grow, and, and you need to respond and work at, at applying to what we teach you. Uh, be willing to let me guide you in the business, and when you, when you mess up, admit it, and then let's work through it. And, and then we can find out what went wrong, and then we kind of move on from there. And then, then you uh, get to show others the ins and outs of the business, as you've learned from the boss, and, and encourage them to come along with us too many times uh, people ask, why should I move forward in my faith? I- I'm comfortable where I'm at. I believe, you know, I'm trusting the Lord. Uh, and maybe I attend church now and then. And so, so a lot of times what happens is they don't understand their heart position. They don't understand the thing that has taken place in their life, or maybe Christ hasn't come into their life. They haven't come to that place to allow Christ to lead them. And to transform them. So their, their heart position has changed not because they were perfect, but because they were willing to let Christ work in their life. And that has to go, uh, has to come along with all of us. So we, we allow Him to work in our life, we let Him work in our life. Paul goes on to say a couple other things. Uh, the Apostle Paul, that, that reminds us about our position in Christ. And this is what he says in verse 8 of, of Ephesians chapter 2 here. Uh, he says there, For it is by grace you've been saved. Now we know this. You probably, some of you, you can probably quote it in three different translations. But he says, For it's by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is, a, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So there's some great things there, some great words there. You see the word grace again, that's an important word. You see that through faith as well, and it's not by works, so that no one can boast and and, uh, and it goes on, there's some different things we can look at, but how, how did you have obtain your new position in Christ? It's pretty plain here in this, and it was, it was by depending on the grace of God himself. It's by depending on his grace that he had for you and for me, and, and it also happened through your faith. Your faith is part of that in the sense that you're trusting him and that matches right up with the, what the Apostle Paul says over in Romans chapter 10, verses 9. And then in 10 later, he says, if you could declare with your mouth Jesus the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So believing in your, believing in your heart has to do with faith. In fact, it, he goes on to say in so many words in verse 10, God's grace and your faith go hand in hand. So back in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 9, the Bible clarifies something. It isn't by our works, otherwise, we could brag about it. In other words, we're not saved by the works we do. Doesn't mean those works aren't a part of our life and our relationship with God, because they are, and we can see that, but they don't save us. And we we could say, and some may use that as a cop-out, and they say, Well, my, my works don't save us, so I can do whatever I want to do. That doesn't work right. Because it's possible there that the heart change didn't really happen. Because there's there's going to be some things that happen in our life because we open ourselves up to Him, and we could say so. We could also, if if we think that our works can do it for us, we could say, look, since I live such a great life now, since my life is so good, God has forgiven me, accepted me uh, because of my lifestyle, because of how I live. God accepts me, and no way that doesn't work either. It's not based on that. It's based on faith in what Jesus has done for us on the cross for us. What he did for us, he died. He was the ultimate sacrifice. Otherwise, according to scripture, we should have died ourselves for our sins. But Jesus said, I am going to step in and do this in your place. And the Old Testament kind of showed us as they did sacrifice, they performed sacrifice, but it was all looking forward towards what Jesus would do ultimately for us. So salvation comes through what Jesus did for us on the cross. That's important. So you, you received this new position in Jesus Christ by God's grace, and you, you, you simply trust in him, but there's more to it than this. Because he's changed your heart position, and now God has a has a work for you to do. He doesn't just want to change your heart, but he also wants to change your mind. So the second thing is this. Live your life from your new heart position. Live your life from your new heart position. And, and, and this is where most of us miss it at times. Because we get so focused on the other side of that because we think, hey, I was—I messed up. I, I was a crazy person. I did this. I did that. I, I lived this way. And sure, that, that may have been the case. But now to be able to live for the Lord, then we have to recognize what he has done for us on the cross. He doesn't want to just change your heart, but he wants to change your mind. And uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says this. He says, for we are we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. And I'll say something there because I think there's a misunderstanding sometimes about this. One of those things where it says "created in Christ Jesus." I, I really think you could you probably properly get an understanding of what he's saying by saying "recreated in Christ Jesus," because some will say, "Well, you know, I uh, I was born, I was uh, I was." Born So therefore, because I was born, I was made in the image of God. That's a procreation. We have creation with Adam Adam and Eve that God created them directly. Then it was procreation after that. We understand that. And so from there they say, so I'm a child of God. Well, in some sense, that person is a child of God, but not born again, not necessarily going to heaven. So there's a little bit of difference there. And, and uh, you look on the other side of that, you, uh, we've been recreated in Christ Jesus where we come to faith in Jesus, and through the blood of Jesus, we have been washed and cleansed, we've been recreated, we've been made a new person, and we get to go to heaven, we get to be with him. So it's not based on our works, not just simply based on the fact that we were God's creation in that sense. So you have to be careful here on this, and a lot of misunderstanding at times comes along with that, but some, some simply think that this should uh, make, you, uh, make you a simple do-gooder, or uh, however you want to say it, or a goody two-shoes, I don't know what you want to say, uh, maybe they think you know what? So now uh, you come to faith. Maybe you can be a ph- uh, maybe you can be a great philanthropist like some of the philanthropists out there. You know somebody maybe who goes around giving away money and stuff and helping everybody, and that's great. Those are some good qualities. And we should all desire to do that. I don't know that we can be a, th- a philanthropist, but we can do what we can. And, and, and uh, But maybe, maybe you think of uh, Bill Gates, somebody like that, or Elon Musk or something like it. I mean, you may not think of Elon Musk like that right now after what just happened with Twitter. But other than that, if, you, if you're aware of that, but you think of them, that like, these guys have money that give it away. Uh, that That's maybe one thing that we can do and we're able to give and see God's work go, move forward. Uh, uh, but God has made you and given you a new heart. If he's done that, then and can get, he can give you the um, ability to impact your family, your neighbors, and your world. And you can become a witness of Jesus Christ in your sphere of influence because we all have a sphere of influence. Doesn't matter what our job or our work or our setting in this world and society is. See, most people wonder... How in the world can God do this uh, through my life at this point? How how could God work in my life like this at this point? Well, uh, the truth is is that your heart that your heart change can lead uh, to your change of thinking if you will let Jesus continue to work in your life. And we know that, that, that really powerful verse that, that we all should know or be aware of, and it's Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And it's a strong verse, verse, and it tells us plainly, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Not just what we do in here, we raise our hands and we sing and we pray and we thank the Lord, but it's also how how we live it. And he says in verse 2, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. His, His will is good. It is perfect. It is pleasing. So Paul, Paul says right off the bat here uh, that he challenges us to, to offer ourselves to God, and he says to do it in view of God's mercy. Isn't that the way we have to do it, right? We recognize the mercy that God has had on us. He yeah, had mercy on us because not that we deserved it, just like Jody and her flying away paper, right? She, she didn't necessarily deserve it because she was procrastinating, so, because she was procrastinating, she got stuck in the wind. Right? I'm giving her a hard time. She gives me a hard time too. That's okay. It's just the reality of life, right? We we need God's mercy, and you have this new heart position in Christ. You've been forgiven. You you may mess up once in a while. And, but since God has, uh, has had mercy on you, offer yourself to him every day. He's had that mercy to us. I have to do that. Do you have to do that? I, I do. I have to offer myself to him every day. Yes, You say, but you're a preacher. It doesn't matter. I'm a human just like you, the same thing as you. And it's just a reality that we have to offer ourselves to Him every day. In other words, we have to live for Him. Give yourself over to God as a living sacrifice, not a dead one. As a living sacrifice, one a sacrifice, you, you may not feel like uh, feel like living that way, but live for Him and trust Him. And you may not uh, figure out how he's, he's going make to make things work for you, but trust him, worship him, even in the middle of your imperfect situation. Amen. Let him help you to become more like Christ. We, we all are on that path. We're on that path. That's why we're here. And we're working on allowing him to work in our lives. And, you know, it sounds kind of, unusual that we would even say, because like Pastor Michael mentioned, that God is sovereign, and He is very much so. Uh, and how could we even say that we let God do something? Well, sure, He can get us in the corner if He needs to. Uh, but on the other side of that, uh, we it, it's a partnership between Him and us. Uh, he's still the Lord. He's still sovereign. He still rules, but He does love us tremendously. And we, we want to allow him and welcome him into our lives. See, living your life from your new position, position in Christ includes something else. It's not only a sacrifice at times, but it, but it includes not conforming to the world's way of doing things. And that usually tends to be the hard part of it for us, right? And we have to be willing to let our minds be renewed by God's word and in his direction. And many of us have been affected and challenged by the teachings of Jesus, and we should be. I remember when I first came to faith, you know, I tried to do it the way where I did all the works, and I thought, well, can I be a Christian? Let's see. Let's see if I can do that. So I stopped doing all these things that I used to do, or at least attempted to. Uh, and then, then, but then I, I got it all mixed up because then, then, uh, then I saw somebody else doing it and I'm like, huh, look at that person, you know, looking down at your nose at him. Uh, and so, but, but anyway, uh, so that doesn't work well. Uh, and so finally, I, the Lord kind of put me on my, my backside and I realized, hey, I, I need Christ. I need him. And that's the way it is for us. We need him. And then I got into the Scripture, and I started reading some of the uh, teachings that Jesus taught, and I'm like, whoa, Lord, this is serious. Here's one of those, Matthew chapter 5, verse 21, and Jesus teaches this. This really is kind of just an example uh, of helping us understand how we have to have some uh, uh, some, uh, change of thinking. He says, you have heard that it was said to people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says, uh, says to a brother or sister, Raka, which we don't say anymore, but uh, maybe like empty head or idiot or something like that, uh, if that person is answerable to the court, so we would call that like defamation or libel or something to that effect. And, uh, and anyone, then he goes on and says, and anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of, of the fire of hell. So this is tough for us to live out. That's, that's where the rubber meets the road for us as individuals. Now in here, we're all saying, oh, no, we're good. We don't have that problem. Yeah, really? Those things, those things are a reality. Jesus is saying you have to get your heart and your head right. And once we start changing how we think, it affects us for the good. And that's the hope. As we not only we have our heart right as Christ has changed us, but then we start changing how we think a little bit. And once we start changing how we think, it affects us for the good. And we all have to walk through this, don't we? You have to be able to see other people at, with it, from a different perspective, and that's a process. You also have to see yourself from a different view. That can be a process too, isn't it? It just is. as you let the lord and his word help you to change your thinking it will change what you do and will change how you live yeah. you know we as a as a world have walked through a lot of changes in these last few years and uh, and i'll just say even from my viewpoint of my own self uh, and all the things that have happened it's everything you can do to hold it together you say, what? Yeah. Why? Because so many things have hit, hit this world from different ways and you have to start thinking differently and sometimes that's hard to deal, deal with, just a reality. So we have, what do we have to do? We have to step back and we have to lean on Christ and ask him for his help. We have to allow his word to speak to us and to let it transform us. That's just a reality. Why, why would I say that even about myself? Because I'm a human just like you. We all are, and so we need to be able to work together in the times that we live and see God do some good things. And so if, if you start to let the Lord help you curb those things that, that hinder you, uh, that you, maybe you're right to be angry as he talks about here in this passage uh, in Matthew chapter 5, but he says a lot of other things, and you say, well, that's not me. That's not me. It's not an anger issue. I don't have an issue with anger, and that may not be you, but maybe it's some other things that, that, that can be a challenge where uh, maybe it's worry. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's those things, or maybe it's internal racism as well. You don't say it on the outside, but it's there in the heart and the mind, and it comes to you in whatever way, one way or the other. You know, we can go on and name all that stuff, but that's not why we're here. We're really here to allow the Lord to work in our lives and to continue to be transformed by his word and his Holy Spirit as he works in us. See, one way or the other, not only uh, uh, does does your heart need to be right, then so does your head. That's a fun one. So why why move forward in your faith? Like I said, so many people start off on Easter, uh, but we have to go past this kind of thinking. You, you don't win a race if you only start and then you drop out. It's not about just starting; it's about ending. When we when we wrap up this life, we want to be able to uh, we want to we want to be able to hear the Lord say, "Well done, good and faithful servant." Uh, we we don't want to come along and and the Lord say. What is up with that? You ran a great race here and then you got distracted. So, running the race of faith, it's it's this marathon. It's not simply a sprint. Now, there are times that we sprint, right? There are times when we're following Jesus and we have to sprint. We just don't have a choice. That's just the way it works. And so, but there are times though that we have to recognize that we we slow down for a little while, then we got to get back on that marathon. So life change doesn't happen only in one instant. Yes, God does those miracles, but it doesn't happen only in that one instant. He expects us to step up to the table and defeat ourselves. Once he does the miracle in the, heart, in the heart of a person, it's then up to that person to be willing to change how we think and allow him to work in us. So rarely do you expect to go to somebody's house and eat and uh, and uh, find an able-bodied person, uh, able-bodied adult, walk up to the table and uh, sit down and and expect somebody else to feed them with a fork, right? It's not the normal case, right? They're not going to. You're not going to expect to see that. Now, maybe if they have a disability, that's different, but. But, but uh, they walk up to the table, and they're expected to put that fork in their mouth, their mouth themselves and feed themselves some peas and carrots, whatever it is. How else are they going to be able to stay healthy? How else are they going to stay strong to work if they aren't willing to put their hands to their mouth? It really kind of brings us over into the book uh, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 9 to 11. And, and the writer says there, he says, How long will you lie there, you sluggard? Don't you like that one? How long will you lie there, you sluggard? Uh, when will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will uh, come on you like a thief and scarcity like an armed man. So it's going to happen, right? It's going to happen. So we don't want to be like that. The, the same thing can happen to us in our spiritual life. It can happen to us in our walk with the Lord. May, maybe it's happened to you before or or maybe to a friend. We, we can get spiritually lazy if we're not careful. And the reality is we need to be concerned that we don't become the, the spiritually lazy man or woman that God wants. He doesn't want us to be lazy. He wants us to be the man or woman that God is making us to be. The easy path is the one that you can simply float down the stream with no worries and no problems. That's the easy path. But life is seldom like that. It just is. Now, we have those vacation times. We have those, right? Those are good. Where you, can, where you can get on your little raft and you can float down the creek for a while, maybe throw out a fishing rod if you like fishing or do, do whatever, just get you know, bathe in the sun for a little bit. That's okay. Those things are good, but, but, but life doesn't stay there all the time. Those are those rest times so that we can get fired back up to be able to do the things that we have to do. So we know that uh, trials and problems, they, those things happen, but you have to be able to get up and let God's word speak into your life. That's why we're here. And then you have to let it affect how you think. And then as it uh, affects and changes how you think, then it will change your life. That's that process that all of us walk through. Oh, we're not perfect, are we? we probably, it's probably where our lives are probably like roller coasters as we, as we live. If we look back on it, we probably say, oh, yeah, that was a great time. That was a tough time. That was a great time. That was a moderate time. We don't usually say that, but but we look back and we can see those things, but we don't want to get so stuck back there that it prevents us from growing and and going forward how the Lord wants us to move. Seems like somebody reminded me of something this last week. It challenged me to remember God's word and what his word said about a subject, and I, I knew it, but I needed to hear it from another believer. Have you been in that situation before where you've been challenged by someone else? Maybe it was fear or doubt or confusion or, what, or I don't know what it was. Maybe it was anger. or It could have been so many different things. And somebody else said, wait, wait, no, you can't think that way. You can't look at it this way. This is what God's word says. And each of us as individuals, we are there for one another to be able to help one another so that we can stay on the path that God has for us. Because sometimes we have to change this, how we view things up here in the head. Need to let other believers in our life that can help you stay on the right path. That's why we all need each other. And we, we need to be able to change how we think because we can help one another and it can change how we live. As we wrap this up this morning, live your life from your new position in Christ. Live your life from your new position in Christ. If you haven't obtained that position in Christ, put your faith and trust in Jesus today. Ask him to come in your life, accept what he did on the cross for you because his death on the cross was there to set you free and break you free from your sin and to give you eternal life. Not based on all your works or good deeds, Sure, we do good work, works and good deeds after Christ has done something in our heart, but but that's an after fact of what God has done on the inside. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I believe in what you've done for me on the cross. I believe you rose from the grave for me so that I could have eternal life, and I accept that. You can say that prayer today. Maybe you've said that prayer today. And for you it's like you know what lord i need your help i need your help to be able to change the way i'm thinking lord i need your help to be able to walk me through some of these challenges it's a good place to be it's a good place to be and say lord here i am i'm going to let you work in my life i'm going to let you help me to change my way of thinking because my way of thinking doesn't always get the best His way of thinking does. He's still working on you. Why don't you open your hearts? I'm going to pray for you this morning. Why don't you open your heart this morning and say, Lord, here I am. Please work in my life. Let your will be done in me. Why don't you pray that as I pray for you this morning? Father, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you... we have this we have this picture of mercy that you've had towards us we didn't deserve it we know that lord but you have been merciful to us lord you, you've showed us a tremendous amount of grace when you when you gave your son on the cross for us so that we could have eternal life so that we could make heaven our home so that we could be with you lord father god we thank you for that it, and we and we honor you lord But Father God, we yield ourselves to you today. And Father God, we say, Lord, be the Lord and ruler and leader of my life. Work in us, Lord. Continue to help us to transform. Continue to transform our lives, our way of thinking, our way of acting. Lord, help us to let you do what you want to do in us. We bless you, Father, and we honor you today in Jesus' name.